There are so many reasons to start your own seedlings, but let me share a little secret with you. Growing seedlings on your own can come with problems. Problems with getting your seeds to germinate, problems that arise from using the wrong supplies, problems with watering, with fertilization, and with providing enough light. Today, I want to help you with the first step, germination. What are the five major problems that most growers go through or observe when germinating their seeds. And I'm going to help you identify the problems and share the solutions that I have found. Let's get growing. Hello, and welcome to the Prages Plant Podcast, the show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Media, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, where our mission is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. That's you. Don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant. Welcome to the Pray Just Time Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today in Season 9, Episode 7, we're going to talk about the top five germination problems when growing your own seedlings. Now, growing your own seedlings can help you as a grower in so many ways. You can save money. You can have more varieties available to you because you're not limited to just the varieties you can get at your garden center. You can grow them how you want to. I personally, as an organic grower or a grower that wants to be sure that that I can be sure that the things that I grow are how I see that they need to be grown to create a very delicious high nutrient dense product. And that means when you start your own seedlings, you can do that too. You can be sure of exactly how those seedlings have were started, exactly how they were going to grow instead of just buying them from the local grower. Unless you can find someone who grows them organically, then that's great too. But when going into that, there's several problems. And I talked about that a little bit in the intro of how you may have problems with or finding the right supplies for growing your own seedlings, finding the right soil, finding the right pots and things to grow them. Problems with maybe watering, with fertilization. When do you fertilize? How much do you fertilize? And so much more. And with providing enough light. And I have several blog posts and podcast episodes that talk about all of those different things. But today I want to focus on the very first step. That's the germination of the seed. When we put that little tiny seed in the soil and it begins to sprout and grow, that is germination. So today I'm going to walk you through the top five germination problems. One, to help you identify them, and two, to help you with solutions for them. So if they do occur in your growing process, you know what to do, or better yet, you know what to do to prevent them. And the first problem that we can look at when when looking at seedling germination is old seeds. Now, if you're a beginner gardener and you went and purchased your seeds, directly from a very reputable company, then you have no problems probably with this aspect. Now, if you want to find out about different seed companies or reputable seed companies that you could purchase seed from, I will put a blog post episode in the description below and in the show notes where you can go and look at those different companies and order your seed. If you really want to find someone that is not only reputable, not only will provide good seeds for you, but 
actually give back to the community because they have great missions and things that they stand for. So let's get back to the old seeds. So the first thing, as a new probably beginner gardener, you're not going to be probably this big of a problem. But if you got seed from a friend or if you've been gardening a long time, this is the first thing I would look at when you're having germination problems. So the first thing you need to look at to see if your seeds are old, if they're not seeds just given to you, is you need to look at the expiration date on your seed packet. So having old seeds isn't a bad thing. It's just you need to treat them differently at the very beginning. Because the only problem old seeds have is that the seed coat has become too dry and it's really thick and hard. And the young seedling inside is not going to be strong enough to break through it. So you need to do one thing to fix this problem. You need to soak your seeds in water for about an hour or two before you place them in your soil to germinate. This soaking will soften the seed coat and allow that young seedling to break through. Because I'm going to tell you, and you're probably thinking this right now, that, well, I planted the seed in the soil and I put water on it. Yes, that's true. But that water is not only soaking into the seed, it's soaking into the soil. And if you're doing really hard, thick seeds like beans or peas, that water just isn't going to be enough. So be sure that if you're, you think that that might be a problem, try again, but soak your seeds first. So I want to take a moment. It is now time for the tips and tricks segment of this episode where I share with you a few bonus tips and tricks I use here at Red Ridge Farm Homestead. This week's tip is brought to you by the Red Ridge Farm Seed Variety Tracker. This database was developed to help you keep a digital log of your seeds. I've done it. Maybe you've done it. You've gone out to the garden. You used up all your seeds. You throw away the seed packet. You forget about it. And then you decide you really love those green beans and you want to grow them again. But you can't remember the name of them because you threw away the seed packet. This database was designed to help you keep track of all of those things. So no matter what happens to the seed packet, you still have all the information you need to keep growing. Get your free copy. Go to redridgefarm.org backslash resources. This week's tip is all about seed organization. You, if you're a beginning gardener, you may not have this problem, but if you have just even a very few years under your belt, you know that you have lots and lots of seeds and you need to keep them organized. One thing that you can do is to make an inventory of them. That means you write them down, write diff down different aspects about each of those seed packets or those types of seeds so that when you're making your garden plan, when you are deciding if you need to buy more seeds or if your seeds are too old, just like we talked about in that previous problem, then you have the information readily in your hands and you don't need to go searching through all those seeds and try to find the seed packet. Well, I know personally, I've thrown a seed packet away and fell in love with the produce came from those seeds, but then I didn't have a seed packet to remember what I grew. So having an organization tool for your seeds is going to be beneficial. And even inventorying them multiple times a year will also be beneficial because the last thing you want to do is buy 10 packets of extra seeds that you already have. If you don't purchase those, you'll be saving probably $30. That's a big savings. So if you want help with this, I have a 
template that I have developed called the Red Roof Charm Seed Variety Tracker. The Seed Variety Tracker walks you through how to make an inventory. In fact, there's a video and much more to show you exactly how to use it. And I will put the link so that you can grab your own template to start organizing your seeds today down below in the description and in the show notes. Back to the five germination problems when growing your own seedlings. Growing your own seedlings is important. It's going to save you money. It's going to give you better varieties. We've already talked about old seed. Old seed will stay viable. You just need to treat it a little bit differently by soaking it. So the next thing is going to be timing. And what I mean by timing is how long does it actually say on the seed packet that that seed is going to need to germinate? Every seed is different. Every seed has different times. Radish seeds germinate very quickly. In fact, grows very quickly. Onion seed may take up to 21 days to germinate. So when you're germinating your seeds, you want to do a little bit of recording. You want to write some things down so that when you go back, maybe a week or two, maybe it's only been 10 days, and you go back and look at those seeds and you wonder, why haven't they germinated yet? The first thing after wondering if they're old seeds, the second thing would be to look at the date you actually germinated them, actually put them in the soil to germinate, and estimated date or the days that it may take for those seeds to germinate. And you can do this in a very simple garden plan or even just write it on a piece of tape and put it on the seedlings that will be germinating because you're not going to remember unless you go and look it up at that time when those are going to be ready to germinate. But you need to make sure that you're giving them the adequate time. So say you're planting onion seeds and you come back 10 days later and they haven't germinated. So you're sitting there worried, oh, is it old seed? Or was it, is it this other problem? Or is it this other problem? We're going to talk about those in a minute. But then you realize by looking at the little date on your thing that it says they're not supposed to germinate for another four days or maybe another 10 days, depending on what type of onion you have. And then you can rest easy. Okay, well, I need to give them the adequate time before I give up on them, before I need to worry about another problem. So the next germination problem that might arise is that you are not providing that seed or making the soil a proper temperature. Let's take spinach, for example. Spinach is a cold, hardy crop. In fact, it likes the soil at a certain temperature, cool, and I'll give you the temperature in a minute, to germinate. So when we're sitting there, maybe we're out in the middle of the summer and we're trying to plant some spinach for a fall crop, and it's not germinating, and we're wondering why, it's because the soil is probably too hot for that variety. Now, there are some varieties of spinaches out there that will germinate in a little bit slightly warmer temperatures. But if you want spinach to germinate in the middle of summer, you're going to have to do it in your cool home. So knowing the temperatures of the soil for the, the type of produce that you are growing is going to be very important. Because the other thing can be also goes into transplanting. If you have something like tomatoes that prefer a soil above 68 degrees to germinate, they're not going to appreciate being planted out in April or May. And the soil is lower than that. They're actually going, it's actually going to retard their growth. They're going to begin to grow slower because the soil temperature is just not right for them. So remember when you are germinating 
your seeds that they the soil as a, is at the correct temperature now one tool that you can use to make sure that this problem doesn't happen to you is a soil warming mat it's a mat that goes under your seed tray that warms the soil and you can set it for a certain time now if you're wondering about all the supplies that you may need that you need to start your own seedlings i have an amazing checklist i can walk you through all the supplies i even give you a tour so with this checklist comes the video. I give you a tour of my own seedling area and walk you through the different tools that I use, different supplies that I have to help grow my own seedlings. So I'll put that in the show notes of this episode. So what are the show notes? Well, the show notes are where I can dive deeper, where I can go beyond just a few little words that I can write in the description and I can give you more. I can expand on this idea. I can share more blog posts. I can even maybe put a few videos if that's what can help you learn more. So be sure to check out the show notes. Now it is time for the Growing with God segment of this episode where you and I build that relationship and dive into the Bible to learn more about our Lord and Savior. This week we are continuing our series on faith. Last week we talked about Abel and how he had a better offering and how we can take that into our own life by doing what God asks us to do. Cain didn't follow the instructions of God. Abel did. Cain was told that he needed to try again. But of course, you know, Cain got mad. We read his story. But when we focus on Abel, we understand that we just need to do what God asks us to do. And if he's asking you to grow on this purposeful journey by starting a garden or getting focused in the kitchen or all of those different things, then that's what he's asking you to do. And you need to step out in faith and do them. In a way, that's what we're talking about here in this segment. We're talking about faith in action. So the next verses we're going to read are Hebrews 11, 5 through 6. And this is all about Enoch. So if you would like to read along with me, I am reading from the NIV translation. So here it is. Hebrews 11, 5 through 6. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now we're going to get into verse six in just a moment, but first let's go find out about Enoch. So I'm going to also be reading Genesis 5, 21 through 24. And I hope I do not say some of these old names wrong. So bear with me. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Now, this chapter continues to talk about the different sons coming from Adam all the way to Noah. So Enoch was known for walking faithfully in God. So let's go back now and listen to the rest. I'm going to read verse six again. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. So this goes back to John 3:16, right? That we talked about in the very beginning of this series. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and to whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. We must believe that God exists. We must believe that Jesus came, 
Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose again and is now seated at the right hand of the Father waiting for you and me. That is what we need to believe in. And when we believe in that, we please God. But here's the second part. And then he rewards those who earnestly seek him. How can we put our belief into action? How can we change, not really change, but evolve our belief into faith? Because remember, faith is we believe in what we don't see. We have not gotten the chance or did not get the chance to see Jesus on earth. But we know that through the Bible that he came and we believe that in our deepest soul. That's how we become a Christian is through our belief and that our belief takes us to salvation. But how can we put faith into action? How can we make that belief action? Because God also says that he looks at our actions, that a man is not judged by his appearance, not judged by his, his, the money he has, but in his actions. He even goes to say that the Messiah will be seen and recognized by his actions, by his actions of saving the sick, by healing the sick, by all the actions that Jesus did. In, class, in fact, Jesus fulfilled um, hundreds of different prophecies or foretellings of his coming. And those were done through his actions. And we need to act on our faith as well. And then the Lord rewards those who earnestly seek him. That is an action that we can do. Maybe there's something that has been weighing on you to, God is asking you to step out in faith, but you're just not quite sure that that's what he's asking you to do, or you're not sure that that's even something that you can do. What you can do is seek him. What you can do is dive yourself into the Bible and learn more about him. That also is faith in action. And that is truly where a new believer needs to start. Once you believe, the first steps you need to be doing is not worrying about, oh, should I be doing this anymore? Should I be doing that anymore? Not worrying about all of these should I's or shouldn't I's and focus on the one true thing that you should be doing. And that is diving into the Bible and seeking your Lord. Because when you dive in, when you read and you absorb and you think and you ponder on the word of God, you are doing multiple things. One, you are feeding your faith. God says, Jesus says that he is the bread of life and the Jesus is the word. You are living on the bread of life when you seek him, when you are in the word. And also you are going to answer those questions for yourself. You're going to answer if you should be doing that or if if this needs to be done, if, if, if you can answer all those ifs, because the answers are only in one place. And that is the Bible. Yes, we can reach out to others. You can reach out to me anytime if you have any questions about God or the Bible. But the true answers are going to be found there. And in fact, when you ask me a question, I'm going to go there first. I'm going to cite verses to you. I am going to tell you to look in Hebrews 11 if you're wondering about faith. I'm going to tell you to look at Jesus's life to be learning about the actions that we need to fulfill. Because God asks us to have faith in action. And I do want to say right here that if you're worried about something that I've talked about before, but it's always a great worry for everyone, that if you don't do these things, if you don't step out in faith, are you going to lose your salvation? Well, no. Because in that very sentence, you are saying that that is something that you earned. And it's not. Salvation is a gift. 
John says, John 3.16 says that it is a gift. It is a gift from God. He gave his one and only son so that you, right? Not you did this so that you could. That's not what he says. It says that God gave his one and only gift. So remember that when you're struggling about the next steps, remember that the only thing that can pull you away from God is you denying God because that's what he asks of you. He asks you to believe. And in that belief, you receive salvation. So don't be worrying about the sins that you may have or the sins that you already did or the works that God is asking you to do or the works that you feel that you need to be doing because others around you are doing works. Just remember that those aren't going to get you to heaven and they're not going to hold you from your salvation because it is a gift from God. So I just want to remind you this week to step out in faith and that the easiest way to do that is to dive into your Bible and seek God. We are talking about problems in germinating our own seedlings or even germinating out in the garden, however it comes to fruition for you. But germination is the very start of growing our own food, growing our own vegetables for ourselves. Now we've talked about the problems of old seed, that you need to soak it, the problems of timing, we need to keep good records, the problem with temperature, making sure that our supplies that we're using are just right so that we can make sure that the soil that we're using to germinate the certain seeds is at the proper temperature. And next is moisture. Water is very important when it comes to germination. Like I said, with the old seeds, we need to make sure that the, the seed coat is moist enough for the young seedling to break through it and give that seedling the life it needs. But the other side is also true. If the seed is not only saturated with water, but is sitting in too much water, the seedling can drown because lack of oxygen. So we need to be sure that we're monitoring our water. One sign that you're watering too much, your soil will actually start to grow mold on top instead of your seeds germinating. So make sure you're keeping your moisture correct. And I know that kind of goes back into the old seed that we need to make sure that there is enough moisture for the young seedlings to germinate. But if we have that soil too saturated, that little seedling is maybe going to start to grow, but then it's going to drown because seedlings need oxygen to photosynthesis and do all those good things. The next thing is seed depth. Now this goes back to your seed packet. We talked about the seed packet when we were talking about expiration dates for our seedlings. We talked about when we're looking at germination times, like how long something needs to germinate, how many days it may take. But you need to be looking at on that packet as well, the seed depth. It's very explicit at to, to the depth of your seeds and how you need to be placing them in the soil. But sometimes we think, oh, well, does it really matter? If the seed's not deep enough, the seed coat will stick to the seedling because the seedling needs a certain amount of depth to have that seed coat removed. And I know I've had seedlings come up and the seed coat is stuck to their two first leaves and I can't break it off. And when I try to, I break the leaves and the plant ties anyway. So I'm making sure that my seedlings are, my seeds are at the proper depth. Deep enough is going to help with that. But can seeds be too deep? When they're too deep, what happens is that little seedling will emerge. But as it tries to reach the top of that soil, it's gonna run out of juice. It's going to not make it there because it's just too much soil to get 
through. See, that little tiny seedling only has energy that is for it inside that seed. So you may notice that little tiny seeds are either placed on the top of the soil or just barely under the soil, where your bigger seeds are placed deeper. So be sure that you're looking at the back of your seed packet, or better yet, writing these things down so that you can remember exactly how you did things. Because when it comes back to finding a solution to a problem, when we look at our records and we see how actually how everything went, we can then see very quickly what the problem may be and what the solution may be. So be sure that you are looking over all these five problems before you give up on your seed. Walk through each one. Are these old seeds? Did I put them at the right depth? Is the soil too wet? Is the soil the right temperature? And have I given them the time they need to do what they need to do? Have I given them the time to germinate or am I giving up too soon? So the three takeaways that I want you to take away from here is that yes, you may have problems when you're growing your own seedlings, but if you take the time to record things and keep track of different aspects while you're growing, you're gonna be able to find those solutions. And when you do have a problem, the second takeaway is to look back and walk yourself through each of those steps. See which one it is, and if it's one of them, use the solution. If it's not, then please contact me. That is the third thing. If you ever have troubles on your growing journey, please feel free to contact me on my website, www.redridgefarm.org, and ask me questions. I have a contact page right there where I am more than willing to answer you, or if you don't feel like you want to reach out, maybe you feel a little nervous about it, go to the homepage of my website, type in your problem or a keyword related to your problem, and I am sure you are going to find a blog post or podcast episode that will walk you through it. But please don't feel like you cannot contact me. Be sure to go to my contact page and reach if you would like to be in closer contact with me, sign up for our newsletter. I send out a newsletter every week and it usually includes tips and tricks that I use here on the homestead that pertain to every season of the growing journey. How we, in I'm sure when it's seedling time, I'm going to be sharing seedling tips. So be sure to sign up for the Red Ridge Farm Fellowship, a fellow growers newsletter. And if you want to learn more about growing seedlings, more about getting your own supplies, be sure to check out the seedling supply checklist. Inside, you're going to find a checklist that'll help you find everything in a video of my very own growing seedling area. I want to thank you for joining me here at the Prages Plant Podcast. If you're new here, I want to welcome you to the Red River Charm Fellowship Fellow Growers. And as always, don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant.